Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Welcome back, Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey Sports original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. So great to be back with all of you on this Thursday. Thanks for joining us, whether you're listening to us on audio or watching us on YouTube. Thanks for being with us. And also do us a favor, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Even if you just watch us on YouTube, we thank you, but still go subscribe. That helps us out significantly. We appreciate that. Turn on the auto download That way, every time there's a new episode, guess what? It shows up on your device. Uh, I am back with you, Scockle Branson, and fresh off his vacation. Yes, he was in Russia interviewing Vladimir Putin, and now he's back. I'm just kidding. I used that joke the other night, Mo. They loved it. Mo Moten. He is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com, where you can also catch my work as well and uh you follow mo up on the x at mo moton m-o-e-m-o-t-o-n and i am at lv gully the show is snb today mo glad to have you back man i'm glad you were able to decompress get a little break after the football season stayed off the digital interwebs feels good doesn't it yeah i sometimes you just gotta uh Detached from society. I, I, I said this before when Aaron Rodgers did his darkness retreat. I, yeah. I said this on the show. I said I would actually do something like that where I just go into a, a log cabin for X amount of days in the darkness. It just it's just me and my thoughts. And that's kind of what I did. I, I was Good. I was at a remote location that will that will remain uh undisclosed. <laughs> and I just did a lot of thinking. And I think it, it it helped me help cleanse my mind. I, I would recommend people do that. It works. Yeah. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers. There you go. See, you do. You have to get off the grid. I have not had the chance to do that fully yet, even though we had the week off last week from this show. My media machine stuff continued, but uh, it's going to come soon. It's when, when we get into the summer you know I'm a big baseball head, so when uh, when the Reds start playing, I'm not a Reds fan. I'm obviously a Padre fan, but when the Reds start gearing up and opening day, you know Cincinnati, it's a big deal here, Mo. They have an opening day parade. It's almost like an unofficial holiday. People take off of work and all that stuff. So I think I'm going to take the kids down there and do that as long as it's not freezing. If it's freezing, screw it. I'll stay home. But 
looking forward to some uh, deconnecting. Uh, but while you were gone, in addition to uh, the world continuing to revolve, uh, even though you were in the dark, uh, it, it, the Raiders uh, continued to build their coaching staff. Of course, we just saw this week uh, Joe Philbin, of course, a former NFL head coach and, and an assistant uh, in various locations, including in San Francisco, was hired as well in Las Vegas. We also have uh, the situation with the Raiders where um, there's still some some jockeying going on there. There's still some coaching roles to fill, although they've done a lot of them. The Raiders uh, tend to announce their coaching staff as one unit, so I would imagine in the next week or so, especially with the Combine next week, we'll start to see that. But any thoughts so far on this staff and what kind of common themes you're seeing through the hires that Antonio Pierce is making? A lot of guys influenced by Mike McCarthy. So mm. Luke Getzey came up under Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. Uh, Joe Philbin, who they just hired, former offensive line coach of the Dallas Cowboys over the last three years, I believe, uh, from 2020 to 2022, because um, he didn't coach last year. I also came up under, well, he came up under, Mike, I believe, Mike Sherman and Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, there is some overlap there, but I, I think it's interesting that you have the Mike McCarthy influence. And I guess people want to know what, what was it? A, what does a Mike McCarthy's offense look like? And it's kind of hard to to pinpoint that simply because he had Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So, of course, he was going to pass a lot uh, in Dallas. Mike McCarthy's offenses, even though he does, he's had an offensive coordinator, Kelly Moore. Brian Schottenheimer, his offenses have been pretty much balanced. Uh, doesn't want the make the doesn't want the quarterback to make too many mistakes. Obviously, tries to limit that with the run game. So I expect to see a lot of that, especially if the Raiders roll with an inexperienced starting quarterback. I expect to see a lot of runs, a run heavy team. This is why I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is why I think the door is open for Josh Jacobs returning to Las Vegas. But back to the coaching highs, I I will say one other thing that. It's not. It's more critical. Uh oh. Now uh -oh. I know. I know. Uh -oh. Hater. I know that <laughs> in the off season, you know, it's we don't look too far. We don't look too much too much into the assistant hires outside of offensive and sure. defensive coordinator and head coach. But Rich uh, Scangarello, I I really didn't like. I I won't say like, but I I'm skeptical of that hire. Scangarello is going to be the quarterback's coach. If you look at Scangarello's resume, he hasn't been able to keep a job. Yeah. I mean, he got he got let go because he was in Kentucky last year, got let go after one year. I believe he was he, he was in Philadelphia for one year. He was in San Francisco twice. Uh, he, San Francisco fired up. I guess if you there was something, I believe the Stork Raider posted this, and it was uh, Scangarello's ideal quarterback. It was a quarterback who has a lot of collegiate experience and it, it whatever the case may be but it didn't match up with what trey lance was coming out of, of, of college and you can kind of see why it didn't work when had to part had to part ways with him so yeah. maybe that's not all on him being an unsuccessful offensive assistant but just look at scangarello's resume it's not it's not very impressive when you look at longevity of a job yeah, and I, I think I, I think there's a, our good friend just when Wendy, by the way, brought up a good point the other day because a lot of a lot of folks have been saying the same thing about Scangarelli, but also some of the other coaches, just kind of like some doubt about them based on their stops. Now we all know in coaching, guys make a lot of stops, and you might work for a head coach who gets fired. Doesn't mean you didn't do a good job. 
Right. And then you find yourself out of work. So, so you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. Scangarello is a little different, I think, to your point with that. But her point was you, you sort of, hey, let these guys do their thing. And I agree. But when you can just go based on the past, we don't know how he's going to do with the Raiders. So we'll see. He's got his chance, obviously. We'll see it. <clears throat> Pardon me. But, but I do think, though, that you look at some of the hires and you're just kind of like, hmm, you know, the more I look at Getsy, you know, I'm given. I, I give him a little more of a pass. I, I think that there's an opportunity for him to climb out of any sort of negative feelings people had for him, especially Chicago. Chicago is a very passionate town. The Bears didn't do well, so so you're going to hear a lot of negative, right? That's just how it goes. So we'll see how he does. And I think that the interview we did with Levi Edwards on the last episode uh, was good too, because we got some good insight from him there as well. So, so we'll see how that all goes, but you bring up something I want to transition to here because we have it listed in this segment as well, which is Josh Jacobs. So here we are, play, uh, players can now be franchise tagged. You remember Josh Jacobs got the one-year deal after he held out last year. He didn't sign his tender last year uh, until late in the training camp. He came back in, signed the one-year deal, now uh, he's still eligible to be tagged. The, the Raiders can tag him, but it comes at a $14.2 million cost. So my question for you on this, Mo, is I, while I agree with you and I can see Antonio Pierce's desire, because he's been on his press tour since, since the Super Bowl. He was on Max Crosby's podcast, which is a great interview if you get the chance to watch it. Also created some controversy, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But... Um, he talked about Josh Jacobs and how Josh Jacobs is so important. That's great. That doesn't mean they sign him or they bring him back because of the money involved. My question for you is, you know, Josh Jacobs, I don't think, especially coming off a year that wasn't great, let's face it, no matter how much you love Josh Jacobs and, and, and how much he's meant to the Raiders over the last five years, didn't have a great season. So he's coming off that season, going into free agency or pending free agency. Um, are you willing to pay Josh Jacobs, $14 million. That's the, that's the franchise tag. If he wants more than that, I don't see how, it, I don't see it happening. So tell me what you think for them to do this, for them to bring him back. Clearly he wouldn't want to be tagged unless the market is so low that the tag benefits him uh, and he makes more money there. So I'll break it down like this. Number one, you pointed out that Josh Jacobs didn't have a great year and it on, you know, on the injured list, didn't play. Zamir White took over. So that's the first thing is that he's not gonna he's not gonna command fourteen million. No. Now if he and now if he had the year he had last year, I could see him commanding fourteen million. But because he was injured and had statistically one of his uh, more modest years, he's mm -hmm. not gonna command that money. The second thing is that the the RB the free agent running back pool is is gonna be littered with big names. Saquon big Barkley set Huge. to be a free agent. Tony Pollard is set to be a free agent. So they're gonna be other top notch options available. So that's the other thing that's gonna knock his price tag down is that he's not gonna be able to command top dollar because another team will say, well, we'll take a look at Tony Pollard. We'll take a look at Sa Saquon Barkley. Yeah, you know, we'll take a look at some other options. Eckler, so I don't, Derek Henry, Eckler's DeAndre right. Swift. Again, these are all notable names. Got yeah. Derek Henry has run two rushing titles. You know, so <laughs> there are, there are other options available. So when you have a market that's I don't want to say saturated, but has many of has several other good options to be mm -hmm. featured running backs, you're not gonna you're not gonna make bank on that. You're yeah. gonna get a 
a pay bump, but you're not going to get maybe the raise that you think you're going to get. So Josh Jacobs may have to, I don't want to say settle, but he he's he may struggle to get in figure salary. And if he does, mm-hmm. let's say he's willing to play for $9 million, it's a possibility he's back with the Raiders because you say, okay, yeah. I can I can play for I can play for 10 million with a bad football team, or I could pay for I could play for nine million with a coach who's gonna build an offense around me. And I think again, this goes to Josh Jacobs. What it's about what he wants. Because if you Correct. remember, I'm really quick, Scott, really quick. If you remember, he had a comment on social media last, last offseason. He said it wasn't about the money, it was about the years. He wants a multi-year contract. So if the Raiders are willing to give him a three-year deal, deal $9 million, and another team is saying, we'll give you two years, $10 million, he may have to think about it and say, well, I want the job security. I, I'd prefer the three-year deal over the two-year deal. It's about – we don't know what Josh Jacobs wants. So you can't say yeah. he's not going to be back because he's going to command X amount of dollars because it might not be that he wants $11, $12, $13, 14000000 million. Yeah. And see, that's the point. And I'm not advocating, just want to make this clear before people put words in my mouth. I'm not advocating they sign Derrick Henry, but if I can get Derrick Henry on a two-year deal at 10 million a year, so, you know, versus Josh Jacobs, who wants that or more, I'll take Derrick Henry because especially with what Antonio Pierce has described as he wants his team to play, nothing against Josh Jacobs. But to your point, you have all these guys, you even have young players who I think were underutilized like Zach Moss, Gus Edwards. I mean, there's guys out there that that could fill the gap there. But to your point, it's about the years. But dudes going into year six, right? So, so year six, we it it's 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 like an actuary with with life insurance. Mo, look at the numbers, and they literally fall off a cliff. Okay, yes, there's occasional outliers, but when you got a guy who's going into that part of his career at running back. And he's coming off injury, and to your point, a statistically good year but not great year, then suddenly you're like, eh, I'm even nervous about giving him three years unless it's so front-loaded. So, okay, listen, we're going to give you three years at $9 million a year, and you're going to get you're – you're guaranteed, you know, the 16 of that or whatever it is, bonus plus the salary. And then you put a lot of escalator clauses in, right? I think that's – if I'm the Raiders and I'm bringing him back, I'm saying, okay, we're going to give you this. But you'll get to your $10, $11 million a year, whatever the number is, uh, by reaching 1,000 yards, by playing in 16 games or 17 games, uh, and, and, and showing up for camp, You know, building that sort of stuff in. The issue, though, is, too, I just think the dur- durability issue does not get better as they age. Right. And then, I guess this is my first show back, and we're already kind of on, on not almost the opposite ends of the of a debate here, but <laughs> I would prefer Josh Jacobs over Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is already, oh, is good. He's, you know, already, he's already at that 30 year yeah. mark and Correct. he's got more mileage on his tires than, than Josh Jacobs. I believe yes. Derrick Henry is what, four years, four years older than Josh Jacobs with more years on his tires. Right. I know Derrick Henry had a pro bowl year last year, but the other thing you have to also consider is that do you want to shake up the leap in the locker room? Because let's remember Josh Jacobs was the captain on that football team. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. something that you have to factor into. Yeah, I agree. on. That's why I said I was not advocating signing him. I mean, uh, if, if you want to talk about between him and Saquon Barkley, even though Barkley's injury history, Jacobs also has an injury history. So, I mean, like I could debate that. That I could debate because uh, both those guys, and we'll see if the Giants bring him back. It looks like they might not. But, but to your point, uh, by my count, you have 10 viable, notable free agent running backs 
in the market. So not good for running backs who were complaining about how little they were getting paid last year. Now with more uh, availability, guys out there, I don't think it's going to get better for them. So if the Raiders were to tag Josh Jacobs at $14 million, he should feel lucky about that. Yeah, he doesn't get the extended contract, but he gets $14 million, which I don't think, I just don't think, unless something crazy happens, I don't think they get that on the open market. So we'll see how it all rolls down. One other quick note, and a lot of people are noting that Tom Telesco had a contract dispute with Austin Eckler this past mm -hmm. off last offseason last year. And it, they're using that to say, well, because of that, he's probably not going to give Josh Jacobs an, another deal. Let's remember that Tom Telesco did sign Austin Eckler to a second contract. He did. So Austin Eckler did get a second contract. Yes, he, he, did. He, wanted a, he wanted a third one, but yeah. Tom Telesco pushed back on it. This would be Josh Jacobs, essentially, if he gets a multi-year deal, it would be his second long-term multi-year deal. Multi, because remember, yeah. last year was a franchise tag, a modified franchise tag. So, yeah. again, I, I still believe that there's a chance Josh Jacobs will be a Raider beyond 2024 i think there's a chance i just think they got to be careful like I, I fans want him badly antonio pierce wants him badly uh it all comes down to managing payroll managing the cap and tom telesco looking at what he wants to do and and agreeing with pierce like you need a you need a running back you need a running back i thought zamir white did well at the end of the year do they feel comfortable with him being the number one going into camp doesn't sound like it. Uh, if you can have Josh Jacobs, clearly you think about that. But man, it just makes me nervous about it. But but I agree with you. I think he's the best offensive player they've had over the last five years. So you have to you have to look at that. And I think I think it's a 50-50 chance. So we'll see how that all rolls down. All right, we're gonna take our first break here on the Thursday edition, the off-season edition of Silver and Black today. When we come back next week, the NFL Combine begins. And then, of course, a few weeks after that. We get right into free agency. So we're going to talk a little bit about the combine. We're going to talk a little bit about free agency Raiders who might be on their way out of Las Vegas, 14 of them on that list, and then Raiders who may be coming to Las Vegas, i.e., are there free agents out there? We're going to talk about the needs, like what a needs could the Raiders address in free agency in addition to the draft, but we'll focus on that when we come back. You're with Mo. You're with Scott. This is Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, good friends. It is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey Originals uh, podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Mo Moten, Scockle Branson, back with you as we guide you through these discussions on your Las Vegas Raiders. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, what are you doing? Make sure you do that. Thanks for all the notes, too. The week we were away, Mo, I got a bunch of little notes from people saying, oh, man, you know, I know there's not a ton to talk about, but not having you guys here 
sucks. And then when we had the 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 episode Tuesday with Levi, got a lot of notes. People saying, "Oh, it's so good to hear you guys are back on." So thank you. I mean, we are so uh, thankful for our audience and we continue to be just blown away by your reception and we appreciate it. Lots of great content out there. Lots of great Raiders content out there. So we appreciate being part of your lineup and uh, hope to continue to earn that. Uh, I am Scott Cobranson, your host, along with my co-host, Mr. Mo Moten, senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. And we are talking Raiders football. We are going to get into the combine and free agency. Uh, I love this time of the year, Mo, because you're starting to think about the draft, this, this build up to the draft. You think after the Super Bowl, for casual fans, I think they kind of let go of football for a little bit until something actually happens. Um, but it's always fun because you're going to watch these, these kids perform at the combine. Some of it's very useful in, in helping you see what players have which talent and, and where they excel. Uh, and then other times, not so much, you know, cone drills and all this kind of stuff, not really uh, informative or fun to watch as a fan, frankly. But um, as the Raiders get geared up for the combine, they have needs in the draft, clearly, that you want to address. We talk about it all the time here, my friend, that that the best thing you can have is a, a, is a player who has immediate impact on a rookie contract. And of course, we start with quarterbacks there, which we'll get into. But the Raiders have needs on the defense. They have needs at cornerback. They have needs on the interior of the defense. When you think about the Raiders going into the combine, if you're a Raiders fan, even if you're a casual fan, and you're just going to kind of pay attention at the end of the day to see what happened that day at the combine, what would you pay attention to if you're a Raiders fan, Mo? As you said, the interior defensive lineman. That's one, that's one position I have my eye on, though I would prefer the Raiders go after a veteran because they've struck out with young defensive linemen coming out of the uh <laughs> coming out of the college ranks. But um I'm looking at the interior defensive linemen. Of course, you're not gonna be looking at their 40s, but you want to see them have some you know, some explosiveness, some um good ankle flexion because you you're going against a better athletes in today's league. And the, the top defensive lineman in the league can get after the quarterback. So you want to see that athleticism out of your interior defensive lineman. Now they have a trio of veteran defensive linemen that are going to be free agents, John Jacobs, Blau Nichols, and Adam Butler. I would advocate that you bring Adam Butler back. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, they, they need to feel that finally feel that need because they've been looking for what seems like forever for an interior defensive lineman. The other thing I want to say about the combine is while the 40 gets all the attention because everyone like – Big guys, fast guys, top prospects all run. It is not as important as, in some cases, as a 10-second split. And the 10-second split is the first 10 seconds of, of the run. Because, again, yes. that it measures the ex explosion out of your stance. Yeah. So when you're coming out, when you're coming out of your stance, you're in the trenches, you're coming off the ball, so to speak. You want to have that quick 10-second split because, again, it shows athleticism, lower body, lower body athleticism and explosion. So... Just make sure you pay attention to not just the four. If you're going to pay attention to the 40, pay attention to this 10 second split. And also some of the drills that you don't see televised. The broad jump, again, lower body explosiveness. That's part of it. A lot of people don't care about the broad jump. They show highlights of it from the top guys. But that's an important drill mm -hmm. as well. If you're looking for guys, again, who are explosive athletes. And if you're thinking about what Antonio Pierce has been preaching about this offseason about once his guys to be violent, once his guys to play fast, not think too much. 
Uh, those are the type of things that you're going to be looking at the combine, not necessarily grading the combine as this is how I'm going to construct my draft board. But you take those things out of combine, you take the traits you see out of the combine and you match it up what you see on film and see if it matches together and say, OK, this guy has it on game day and he has it in an isolated set of environments. So, yeah, that physicality, that. that physicality. And I'm looking forward to because I'm going to be up there next week. And uh, one of the kind of hidden interesting gems is at the at at Lucas Oil Stadium, each team has uh, one of the luxury boxes where they do their meetings, right, with the players. So watching the Raiders booth and seeing who goes in there for interviews. So I'll let you guys know. But yeah, the physicality of those guys and and what Antonio Pierce has described as the style of play he wants is is huge. So I would watch for that too. But of course, Mo, you also they they focus on the big name players, right? They, they're going to focus. This is a big quarterback class. We're going to see, I think, everybody but Caleb Williams there, um, which will be interesting just to see because stock can rise and drop. I mean, it's crazy from the outside that we see a guy go in like we saw Will Levis last year go in and his combine things were mixed. He, he had a great day and they talked about how great he was and then stuff started to leak out and then suddenly you saw him dropping in the draft uh, in a few months later. So as far as the Raiders are concerned, you know, fans are looking into the Raiders trading up if they can for a quarterback when we think about the combine and the quarterbacks what are you looking for there when you start to think about okay who are the guys that maybe could be and we don't know right because because every there's there's eight teams that need quarterbacks badly so when you look at that uh, what are you going to look for when you're watching quarterbacks at the combine to be honest scott not much because if you're if you're if you're grading quarterbacks, so if you're trying to find the, the quarterback for your team, you're looking at game fill. Because mm -hmm. those those throws Decisions. at the combine, th those throws at the combine, you're you're throwing on air. There's no pass rush. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no cornerback guarding your wide receiver. Now, if you have questions about a quarterback's arm strength, you want to see him throw that deep ball. Right. You want to see how he you know angles that deep ball, where his ball placement is on that. Fine. But you're not paying attention too much to a quarterback's 40 or 10 second split or his broad jump, really. <laughs> you're 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 grading really what it, how is his decision making in the pocket? How does he face a pass rusher? You don't get that at the combine. The most important things, I'll go, I'll say this, Scott. For some of these quarterbacks, these it's gonna be interviews, interviews and medical. Interviews. Absolutely, so medical interviews. You sit down with Khalid Williams, you sit down with Drake May, you talk to them, you get them on the whiteboard, you have them draw up plays, and you see where their knowledge is of the game and how they and how they made plays on the collegiate level. That's going to be yeah. important. You're not going to see that at the combine, though. That's not televised. Yeah. With yeah. Michael Penix's uh, medicals, that's not televised at the combine, but that's probably the most important part of his combine You know, circuit is that what, is, what are the medicals going to say about his knee, You know, about his injury history? That's going to be the most important part because we know Michael Penix can throw the ball downfield. We know he's accurate. We saw him at Washington. We saw him at Indiana. There's nothing that he could do at the combine to say, well, Michael Penix isn't that accurate. I don't like that deep ball on air to that wide receiver 20 yards downfield. It's in not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. In short, it's not going to happen. It's going to, again, medicals interviews that will tell you a lot about the quarterback you're going to get because remember the quarterback position is a leadership position. So those interviews yes. are going to be very important. Yeah, it, it, and I agree with you on the game film because it's all about game game decisions. When you're at, in the heat of the moment, what decisions are you making? Because then you 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 multiply that by a hundred getting into the NFL where things are faster 
and you're you're dealing with more complex offenses, all of those things. And so, yeah, and and I think too, remember, we did a show maybe three weeks ago now about lying season too. So some of the stuff you hear coming out of the combine is also jockeying. You might have a team who likes a quarterback who might say, well, I don't know about this. I don't and they talk to a reporter or they talk to this person, they talk to that person, and it starts to leak out. We've already seen that with Caleb Williams as far as his maturity and this kind of stuff. You're already starting to hear that. And and you've heard you've heard other people talk about some of those issues. And we don't know that. That's where, to your point about interviews, teams will sit down with them and they'll make their own judgment on if any of that is true. But you're going to start to hear that on a lot of these guys. Some of these, all these quarterbacks roll into the combine with positives and negatives. So they're going to poke at the negatives to see if they're true. And uh, it's it's such a good point to, to, to not putting too much stock into their performance at the combine. Well, one other thing, Scott, and I forgot what quarterback was, you know, had to deal with this. But the other thing about these interviews is some coaches' staffs will test these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They'll come after them and say, you know, why did you do this? Or they'll corner them and put them in an uncomfortable position to see how they can handle it. Because, yeah. again, it's a quarterback's a leadership position. Sometimes you're going to have to get in guys' faces. Sometimes guys are going to get in your face because yeah. you're the leader and you're screwing something up. They're going to test their mental psyche. And a lot of times coach staffs will, will question a quarterback and see how he responds. If he's a little too sheepish, a little too timid, they may say, well, this is not the guy to lead my football team. Yeah. If he's if he pushes back on that coach's staff, kind of kind of jaws back at them. They like that type of stuff. Sure. They like a quarterback who's going to talk back and, and answer back and be quick and snappy with his answers because that shows he's not afraid to be a leader of men and not afraid to stand up in front of a room and speak his mind. Right. Because, for example, with the Raiders, if the Raiders are going to go get a rookie quarterback and let's just say it's it's in the top 10 picks of the draft, they're going to expect him more than likely to come in and win that job. If they if he's going to win that job, he's got to lead a team of veterans. And mm-hmm. to your point, that's why testing them, understanding how they can react. We saw a good example of that with CJ Stroud. I know I keep going back to the example, but all the veterans talked about how he came in and he was ready to go. Uh, even before they physically played with him, it was like in meeting rooms and all that stuff. He commanded the room even as the youngest guy in the room. So it's going to be fascinating. And that's why the combine, even if you're just going to pay attention to it cursory, you, you just just watch that stuff because it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of it. Now we look at free agency, Mo, uh, moving on, and, and we look at the Raiders. We talked about 14 players on the Raiders roster eligible, uh, basically not under contract right now, three offensive linemen, including Andre James, the center. When you look at that uh, list of players and you think about who's most likely going to be signed that that you could see the Raiders bringing back who pops to the top of the list for you well I made the case for Josh Jacobs earlier mm-hmm. I, I can actually see Jermaine Luminar back but as a guard right and I say that because okay Greg Van Roten older I believe 33 34 years old though he played well in the second half of the season I can see the Raiders moving on and trying to get younger at the guard position, but keep it Jermaine Illuminar because he has that guard tackle versatility. Let's not forget that. A lot of people say, oh, Jermaine Illuminar is not that good. He's not a starter. <laughs> no, he's a serviceable starter, mm-hmm. and he gives you that versatility to play inside, outside. I think that's why he's valuable, and that's why I think he could be back with the Raiders. Um, as far as the other free free agents, I also mentioned Adam Butler. I think the Raiders should bring back Adam Butler. Had, had arguably his best year as a defensive tackle. Uh, he's a veteran guy, and I think there's more – I don't want to say room for his potential because, again, he's further along in his career. But I think he could be 
a steady piece in the middle of that defensive line. Amik Robertson is a very tricky case simply because we all we all know that the knock against him is his height and his stature. He's mm-hmm. been kind of up and down with his with his time with the Raiders. But I feel like if you if you have Amik Robertson on the roster, similar to Jermaine Luminar, where he can play inside and outside depending on the matchup, it's a valuable asset. Will he be back? That it's a tough call because if another team is willing to pay Amik Robertson a little more and say we'll we'll play you strictly as slot cornerback, he may take that deal. He may take that idea over uh, staying with the Raiders and possibly being kind of a backup. Because to be honest, a lot of drafts have the Raiders taking a cornerback early. Even at yes. 13 instead of a quarterback. They need one. So yeah. they it's obvious everyone could see the Raiders need a cornerback. I could see the Raiders getting a more prototypical size cornerback opposite Jack Jones. And I would think if you're a Meek Robertson, you're thinking, do I want to be the fourth cornerback with the Raiders or do I want to be a starting slot somewhere else? Because we all know Nate House has a slot position locked up in Las Vegas right now. Yeah, and that's what I think with with Amik is I think that uh if if he wants to stay with the Raiders. And he doesn't have a much better offer, meaning that there's not somebody out there who wants to commit to him as the starter. Then you come back, you know, you you you're able to 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 make some good money. Uh, I think he made just under a million dollars last year. So so if he can get somewhere around there as an experienced guy who knows the defense, he's a great rotational player. He knows the defense. Um, he's a dog. We always talk about that. So would good. The other guy too that's interesting to me is Isaiah Polamau too, because he as a safety. Um, I thought he showed some promise last year and continues to grow. He's also going to be a cheap option unless somebody out there loves him too and wants to give and, and overpay him. I could see him coming back too, Mo. Yeah, I could see him coming back because he's not a he's not a I believe I don't believe he's an unrestricted free agent because he doesn't have the years of correct service yet. So he's yeah. not going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's going to be an exclusive rice free agent, which basically means if the Raiders don't tender him, he's going to be back on the roster. Correct. So he he's not going anywhere as a as an ERFA. Yeah. And I would assume that maybe he has a bigger role because in spots he's shown that he could be serviceable yeah. and he's that he's the tall safety physical type that again Pierce physical football team six yeah. four about two twenty he could fit in that hybrid linebacker safety role. So I, I I'm not saying that he's going to have an increased uh, workload coming into the upcoming season, but it'd be interesting to see how they use him. Again, he's a good piece. He's good depth, and and to your point, after after Pierce took over is when he seemed to kind of catch on and get better and grow. So uh, another interesting piece there. Now we look at free agency to address some of these issues. You talked about addressing cornerback in the draft on the outside opposite Jack Jones, who was a great acquisition for the Raiders. Um, and you look at the draft there. Uh, I also did a video last week about Snead. I don't think the Chiefs can sign Snead and Jones. I think they're more likely to sign Snead than Jones, obviously, because of age and 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 whatnot. Uh, but but I think there's opportunity for the Raiders in both areas, and I think they will do both, Mo. I think they will sign a free agent to compete there, and I think they will draft a rookie whether it's really high or somewhere in the second round, so there's, there's good players in this draft. It's a deep cornerback draft, right? Uh, I think they're going to do both. It's interesting. I did a Bleacher Report piece on the free agent class, and I basically high, highlighted the top three free agents at every position. But I also took a look at the totality of each position. And I'll say that interior defensive line and cornerback were two of the top five uh, groups, position groups in free agency this year, barring there will be some teams that resign players and take them sure. off the market. 
But those are two, in my opinion, two of the deepest groups. And I have interior defensive linemen in the top three as far as the talent pool is concerned. So the Raiders will have their be able to find their pick of interior defensive linemen if they want to address that position in free agency. The same goes at cornerback. Like you, I, I don't think that a lot of Raider fans want Chris Jones. I remember when he was coming out of uh, Mississippi State, I wanted the Raiders to draft him in the in the end of the first round, second round. He went in the second round to the Chiefs. Uh, he was at the parade and kind of said he wasn't going anywhere before the tragic events happened there. Oh, he, he was kind of adamant about staying in Kansas City. I'm not going anywhere. His agent was kind of like, Shit. <laughs> you know, don't say anything. We, we negotiate. negotiate. Right. We, we need the leverage. Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah. So I, I, I can't tell you what the Chiefs are going to do, obviously, but it, they're going to keep one or both those guys. And, and maybe they'll move some things around to try to keep both guys. Who knows? But Snee's going to demand a big contract. Big contract. And that's the other. And that's the other thing that if you're if you if you want the Raiders to sign Snee, just understand that you're going to be paying top dollar mm-hmm. for that player, and that's going to limit some of what you could do at other positions. You have I won't say bargain bin search other positions, but once you spend top dollar at one position, yeah, then you have to think about okay, how much do I have left to address other needs? So just keep that in mind. Right? Yeah, and 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 to me, the Raiders again, we talk about premium positions and salary. Mo contracts is a premium position is not interior defense. I know Chris Jones, amazing player and did incredibly well, won two Super Bowls with the Chiefs. But, you know, you can get good defensive players in the interior in the draft. I rather spend money at the cornerback position, not saying Sneed money necessarily, but I rather spend money there. And by the way, at edge, the Raiders still could use help at edge. Uh, even with um, with Tyree Wilson coming along at the end of the year, I still think they're going to be moving him in and out in that hybrid position. So you can never, I think, gamble too much on getting a good edge player, not necessarily in the draft, uh, but but through some means. And so, so to me, you're right. You have to decide where are you going to spend the top dollar and then where are you going to try to build with young players or with role players that you get in free agency. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the essence of the NFL in this modern era. Scott, you know where I would spend a lot of money and on this, and I have a specific player in mind. This is Patrick Queen again. No, no, it's not Patrick. (laughs) Michael, when who, who played with the Patriots over the past several years, can play guard, can play right tackle. I think that's where the Raiders should go when they spend their money in free agency, because he would, he would basically lock down your right tackle position for the, foreseeable future and then like i said you can keep jermaine luminar at, at guard if you want mm-hmm. probably draft the guard as well to compete with him but i i think michael wenu of of the patriots formerly of the patriots i think he's the guy you want to look at because the tackle position i don't want to it's not very deep it's 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 they're recognizable names trent brown <laughs> uh tyron smith yeah. as i said you know michael wenu over there in new england you know notable guys but i Obviously, we Raider fans are familiar with Trent Brown. We know about Trent Brown's history. <laughs> Misses a lot of games. Yes. Tyron Smith has missed a lot of games. He's up there in age. Yeah. Uh he he's missed at least four games in, in each of the past four years. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch him and he's played mostly left tackle. Yeah. But the other Patriots tackle, that's the guy I'm spending money on. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think he's gonna be in demand for your to the, your point, but especially if the Raiders get a young quarterback, it would make sense. <laughs> To go out and 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 put a premium on that right tackle, right? I mean, you just you just want to do everything you can to put a young guy in the right position, 
to win. And so to me, that that would be that would make a lot of sense. So we'll see how it all ends up. We're going to keep covering that. We'll know more next month as we understand who's available on the market. And of course, this week, not a lot of franchise tags yet. As of uh, the recording of this show, we're recording on Wednesday for Thursday. So we'll see uh, what pops up. Uh, for the Raiders and other teams who, who who doesn't get the tag. We're still waiting on some of those running backs like Barkley, like you talked about. So we'll see how it all ends up. Uh, but we'll be here for all of it. So stay tuned for that. All right. We're going to take our final break here on this edition of Silver and Black today. When we come back, it's time for the Raider Nation mailbag. A little bit lighter than usual with the week off last week. Uh, not a lot for you guys to respond to, but we got some great calls as usual. If you want to be part of the Raider Nation mailbag next week, do us a favor, leave us a voicemail, 702-900, that's 702-900-7869 is our caller line. It's leave a message, you know, try not to leave a 10-minute message. Try to leave a quick message. Tell us what your question is, your thoughts. Give us your name and where you're calling from. Don't forget that stuff, too, so we can give you your love on the air here. Uh, or you can mail us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. All of that is in the description below on the video or on the podcast if you forget. All right, when we come back, we'll get to your calls. This is Scott. This is Mo. This is Silver and Black Today. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today, the home stretch on this Thursday edition in mid, well, now it's late February. Man, the months are going by, Mo. It's just, you know, when you're, when, you're young, when you're young, like every day is like 60 hours. And then now you wake up and it's 6 p.m. <laughs> it goes so fast. It goes so fast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, what we want to do now is get into one of our favorite parts of the whole week, which, of course, is uh, the Raider Nation uh, mailbag, which we love to talk to you guys about. So here we go. Raider Nation is never shy. You ask, we answer. It's time for the Raider Nation mailbag. What's on your mind, fam? Drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now, it's your time to speak up. All right. There we go. So we're going to get right to this. And and um, as you can imagine, Mo, might have a few questions about quarterback. Maybe. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. You know, it's interesting to hear folks' points of view. I'm always interested, especially with people that I might not agree with, um, because like I don't see, and I would love anybody's comments to to give me a good, really good explanation. I've had a couple good explanations where I'm like, okay, I understand your point of view, it's well thought out. Is just the idea that the Raiders should not do everything they can to pursue a quarterback. Like, it's hard for me to understand that when you see what's happening around the league and you see what happened with the chiefs. I know Raider fans hate the chiefs. I get it. But what you've seen over their little mini kind of dynasty, it all started with getting the right quarterback. I think the major pushback that I, at least from my view has been, it's about the price. They don't want to give up too much to get that quarterback. Yeah. So they don't want to give up three ones, you know, and a two to get a quarterback because they'll say, well, we'll get the quarterback, but then we won't have much around him because mm -hmm. we'll be giving up too much. Mm -hmm. And my response to that has, has always been easier to build a football team when you don't have to worry about the quarterback position, <laughs> right? If you think yes. you have the right quarterback, then you're not, you know, moving assets around to get that quarterback. Cause let's be yeah. honest about teams that 
for the past several years have been trying to get their starting quarterback over time, over the years, they wind up giving up just as much as teams giving up draft picks and a blockbuster trade. It just ha doesn't happen all in one trade. It happens over the span of two, three years. So just think, think about the teams that are constantly trading up or trading players, cutting guys to get a quarterback. At the end of the day, you're you're still sacrificing. You're sacrificing over a longer period of time. Though. Sure. If you're worried about giving up capital and, and what have you for a quarterback in a draft, to me, it's the same thing. You're just doing it in one swoop. Well, that, that to me is a little bit of the circular argument with the quarterback situation, right? Which is, well, don't give up too much draft capital because then you, to your, to your reasoning just there, but then people will say, well, it's too risky to, to go up and get a quarterback because because a certain percentage of quarterbacks from the first round don't make it as the franchise quarterback. But 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 you're arguing that saying that you want to protect a third and a fourth round draft pick or a first round from next year that you you have no idea if that one's going to work out. I mean, look at the Raiders draft history in the last four years to show you how you can have as many number one draft picks as you want. And guess what? It can somehow not work out at all. So to me, that's what you have to do. And, and again, we don't know who they evaluate and who they like. Like you can be out there and really believe, and I'm 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 totally fine with the opinion that Bo Nix is not a number one quarterback in the NFL. Let's say that's your point of view. Okay, great. If the Raiders think he is, guess what? They're going to try to get him because that's what they believe. And so you look at that situation, and you're like, you have to go all in. I'm not saying that you give up the number one pick in the draft, or I should say your number one pick in the draft for the next four years. I'm not saying to get to the number one position, the bears are going to want something. I still think the bills bears are going to take Williams no matter what, but if it costs yeah. too much, what is too much? I guess is my point because you don't know, you don't know the value of those picks. They're all, all risk. They all have risk. I should say. Yeah. I think I said something similar before when I went on my darkness retreat and went off grid. <laughs> You know, how much is too much to get what you think is your franchise guy? Right. I will, I will say that, and I want to reiterate this, that once you get your franchise quarterback, it's a lot easier to build the rest of your roster. Because, then, like I said, then you, you're not worried about giving up assets to move up or trade this player to get a quarterback or spend this money to get a veteran of agency because you have your quarterback, especially on a rookie deal. And then you can say, okay, we got our quarterback. Now we can, you know, Add a wide receiver here. Now the Raiders already have a top wide receiver, Devonta Adams. We'll see what happens with Josh Jacobs, but they will already have a duo of running backs that can take the load off of a young quarterback's shoulders. What they right. need to do around that quarterback, in my opinion, right now, is just to build that offensive line. They can do that in the draft. Just yes. because you're trading up for a quarterback doesn't mean you're trading all your early round picks. They may be able to hold on to their second round pick, despite you know moving up to you know into the top ten. Yeah. You can use that second round pick and draft a draft a tackle this is a deep tackle class so you could still address other positions outside of the first round i think that's what a lot of responders have missed when they converse with me on social media is that okay we we move up for a quarterback but how are we going to address the other positions of need and i say well that's what you got free agency for us so you got cap dollars for us but you got the second <laughs> round for so you got day two of the draft for you could address other needs other than quarterback. Well, and, and Mo, I mean, I, as much as it'll pain Raider fans again to mention the Chiefs, but if you look at the Chiefs, it's another great example to prove exactly what you said, which is the Chiefs got the quarterback position right. Okay, so they win the Super Bowl in 2019, and then they kind of had to retool. Remember, they said goodbye to Tyreek Hill. 
all this stuff. What what did they do the last two years? The last again last year, they had seven draft picks from the same year from the 2022 draft start in the Super Bowl and play significant. I should say not start play significantly Super Bowl this year. Those same guys were incredibly impactful. Again, they were able to draft better down the road after Mahomes was established because of that. They were able to do that, uh, and they kept all those picks. And it's about later year, because once you solve the quarterback problem, and there's no guarantee they would. They might take somebody in the top 10, Mo, and guess what? They're a bust. It could happen. It could happen. There's a 40% chance it probably happens. But that doesn't, you should not shy away from it because of that. There is risk walking outside your door. I think the Raiders, they have not, since they drafted Derek Carr, have not made an effort to go get that franchise quarterback. So to me, it's going to be the top priority and I'll continue to beat the drum for it. And if you disagree, cool. I, I'm open to interpretation and opinion. So let us have it. We're good. All right, we're going to get to our calls now. Our first call is our good friend, James in Pennsylvania. Here's James in Pennsylvania. Hey, Scott Moe. This is uh, James from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I listen to you guys all the time. Love your show. Uh, love all the things that you guys are doing. Uh, my question is, if we don't, or if the Raiders cannot move up to actually get a quarterback, uh, do you think they just find a viable backup and maybe draft a quarterback and just go with that group and then see what they could do next year? Do you think that's an option? Or do you think there is a possibility that they can get the quarterback that they desire uh, in, in Daniels. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, like I said, love the show. I'll be listening. Take it easy. All right, James in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. A call from the Keystone State. I love it. Uh, Mo, this is a great question because I think it gets to something you and I have been hitting on for months, which is the Raiders have to have plan A, B, and C. Right. So plan A might be moving up in the draft to get a rookie. Plan B might be waiting a little bit into the second round and getting a rookie might not be the top three or four guys, but maybe five and six, i.e. a Michael Penix Jr., depending where he lands, somebody like that. Or plan C is something people are starting to come around on, Mo, by the way. Even with Luke Getze there, suddenly I hear Raider fans saying, you know, Justin Fields might not be a bad option. So there's an option to go get a guy like that who's on the younger side. You take a risk on. Uh, and maybe there's a plan D, which is, i.e., we go get a quote-unquote bridge. If all else fails, and I think that's the only way you get to plan D, by the way, is if all else fails, then you got to go get some sort of veteran to just come in and compete with Aiden O'Connell, which I think they need to do anyway. But tell me what you think and answer James' question there about the approach the Raiders take here. And I'm going to speak directly to James on this one. By the way, love Pennsylvania. Almost went to Penn State oh, yeah. before I committed to St. John's. <laughs> I visit, I visit, I've been in Pennsylvania multiple times. Love the state, by the way, James. Just put that out there. But it's, it's what I've been saying since, even before the offseason, people pushed back on this idea initially and now people started to come around on it. Ames touched on it in his voicemail. Let's remember Fragency comes before the draft. Yep. So you don't know who's going to be available at 13 for you. And you may not make a move for trade up into the top 10 before the draft. So the practical thing to do would be to get a veteran quarterback in Fragency regardless. 
regardless of what how you think the draft is going to pan out, you get the veteran quarterback in Frazee because you don't know what's going to happen during the draft, right? You can't guarantee that, you, that you're that you going to trade up, and you can't guarantee that the guy that you want is going to be available. So what do you do? You get a veteran quarterback in place to compete with Aiden O'Connell first so that if you whiff on getting a quarterback in the draft, you can fall back on that veteran that you signed in for agency. If you don't get the rookie quarterback that you want, okay, fine. We have Aiden O'Connell and we have a veteran that we really like that can steady the ship time being. Mm-hmm. That should be the practical plan of Tom Telesco going into going into free agency is that we need to have a veteran insurance policy just in case we don't get what we want in the draft. That's number one, whether that's Justin Fields. I don't think we're going to get Justin Fields, Luke Getty 2.0 in my opinion, but whether mm-hmm. that's Jacoby Brissett, Garner Minshew, whoever it is, get the veteran quarterback who can run the offense adequately and compete with Aiden O'Connell for the starting job. Then you move on to the draft to say, okay, we've got a veteran quarterback. Let's go after Jaden Daniels. And right. I think the second part of that voicemail from James is that what is the possibility of the Raiders getting Jaden Daniels? And I've said this multiple times. We don't know that the Patriots are going to like the third quarterback available among the quarterback prospects. I've no. said this multiple times. A lot of people said, no, they're going to trade quarterback, out. Mo. Quarterback I'm, is going one, two, three. Quarterback is going calling one, two, three. It. I'm calling it. They're trading out of that spot. Now, now you're saying now. I, you know, we talked about this. Now you, you predict they're trading out of this spot. Um, Matt Miller of ESPN said the Patriots aren't built to support a quarterback. What right. they have, they could go. Right. They could go Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm starting to see more people have this idea that the Patriots don't go quarterback now. All of a sudden, I don't. I think the Patriots do one of two things: either they take a quarterback at three. Or they move back and acquire more draft capital because um, let's remember Gerard yeah. Mayo's taking over for Bill Belichick and he's going to want his own program. So the best yep. way to do that is to get draft capital and have your own players. So yep. again, I want to reiterate this: there is no guarantee that whoever is available at three that the Patriots are going to want as their quarterback. They may say we prefer the veteran that we signed in free agency. We prefer a guy that's going to go in the second round or maybe the end of the first round. We'll trade back. So yeah. there is a possibility that the Raiders can get Jaden Daniels or Drake May, whoever is the third quarterback whoever. available among the top three. Correct. I said this before and I say it again. The Patriots <laughs> are not necessarily locked into a quarterback in that spot. No, and, and I said it on Tuesday's show. I went on a little bit of a rant, Mo, and I said, listen, I, I just I just don't see them going for a quarter. I don't, that's not, I think it's it's Carolina 2.0 from Bryce Young this year. He Bryce Young, I think don't give up on Bryce Young yet. I'm not a huge fan of his coming out of college, but I also am not going to give up on the kid. He was in the worst situation. That was not a situation for a rookie quarterback to go into. It just wasn't. They gave away the farm to do it. I get it, but it just wasn't the right situation for him. And, and or for them. And I think the Patriots are going to be in the same position. I think the Patriots are going to be the bell of the ball. This is the girl you want to ask the dance. And all the guys are lined up to ask the Patriots for that that trade uh, for that spot to trade into, because I think you're right. I think with Mayo there, the Patriots don't need a quarterback. And I think, like Frank, I think I think I, to be frank, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. Awesome player. I think he's going to fall a little bit because I think if you're a team that wants Marvin Harrison Jr., you don't have a quarterback. You know, what are you doing? Uh, and so, so to me, I see him falling up or somebody who needs a wide receiver as the last piece trading up somewhere to get him. So I think he might fall a little bit. Maybe I'm crazy, but, uh, but I think that's how it's all going to end up. And so the Raiders are going to have the opportunity to get up there, but, but I think those plans as you laid out, as I've talked about are the way to go. So James, thanks for that, uh, out of Harrisburg. You got something else, Mo, before we move on to the next call? 
No, I was just going to say, I, yep. I can see Marvin Harrison going to Arizona at four. If Arizona yes. doesn't move out of that spot, Marvin Harrison, Kyler Murray, that's going to be their, that's going to be their dynamic duo. Right. right they got Arizona. their quarterback. So uh, for them to, to get that offense going, I mean, since, since Larry Fitzgerald retired and kind of started to go down a little bit towards the end of his career, they haven't had that, right? They tried with, uh, what's his face? DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins didn't work out for them there. So We'll see how it all goes. All right, we're on to our next caller. Good friend, uh, Tariq, is calling us. Let's see where he's traveling on business this week. Mo, <laughs> do you think it's – I'm thinking it's the Midwest somewhere. Let's see. Hi, Scott. Iowa. Hi, Mo. Hope you guys are well. Greetings from Davenport, Iowa. Yes. Carrot guys. Let the off-season commence. I've been listening to a lot of Antonio Pierce's recent uh, podcast appearances, and he's talking a lot of noise, man. you got to like his attitude. Um Thing that uh, that the teams in the AFC West should be concerned about the Raiders. Again, interesting considering we don't even know who our quarterback's going to be. <laughs> I do want to know what your guys' thoughts are on who you would take the free agent quarterback, um, Fields, Cousins, um, Russell Wilson. Who would you take and why? I just kind of want to pick your brain on that. And obviously, whoever we get is going to be hopefully somebody that Luke Getzey can uh, build around. Uh, and I, I also wanted your thoughts on the upcoming draft. Um, first and foremost, we'll see if we uh, franchise tag Josh Jacobs. That should be interesting to see what happens there. But when it comes to the draft, it just it just seems like Jaden Daniels is the guy that the Raiders want. And I predict they're going to make an aggressive push to move up into the top three or top five to try to get him. And I wanted to know your thoughts on mortgaging and giving up a lot of draft capital this year as well as next year to move up and get quote unquote their guy um i'm skeptical about giving so much draft capital up for one one player who's you know there's no sure thing every draft pick is is a roll of the dice with the exceptional blue chip players like maybe marvin harrison jr but i wanted to know what your thoughts on that are and uh if you indeed would pull the trigger and, and give up so much capital to get your guy. Uh, looking forward to your, your next show, you guys. Have a great rest of your week, and I will talk to you later. Go Raiders. Bye-bye. All right. There's our buddy Tarek. Appreciate uh -huh. as always. Usually calls in every week. He even called in last week when we didn't do a show. I felt bad because he left a great message. Uh, but Tarek, as always, uh, this time from Iowa in the Hawkeye State, sitting out there in the cornfield. I, did, uh, I didn't listen to that voicemail beforehand. No, you did not. Did no, not you did not. You got it. You nailed it. See, that's why he's most predominant. Uh, but a couple of things here, too. So the Jaden Daniels thing we talked about a little bit, and and it makes a lot of sense. I like the player. I mean, he won the Heisman Trophy. Let's let's not forget. But he also has the relationship from Arizona State with Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce, we know, based on the staff he's put together on some of the players like Jack Jones he brought in, that's a big deal. We talked about that during the coaching search. Relationships are everything in the NFL. So it makes all the sense in the world. I still believe. If I had to, if somebody said, Scott, you got to put $100 on a bet right now on who the quarterback for the Raiders, uh, who they pick in the first round is, I'm still going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm teetering between, if he's there, McCarthy and Knicks. I'm not saying I want them or that I think that they're the best quarterback. I'm saying for some reason, it's just those keep rumorating in my head around the Raiders there. But from the free agent standpoint, we'll get to that in a second, Mo. The free agent standpoint, I'm seeing a lot of people going back to the Russell Wilson trough. Russell Wilson, while the Raiders, I believe, have to be a playoff team next year. I think they're on that cusp, right? We talked about that on the show before. Are they a Super Bowl team? No. Are they a team that should make the playoffs next year? Yeah, depending what happens at quarterback. So if, if that's your goal, if your goal is like 
as our good friend Jarrett Bailey goes on his tangents about with the Steelers, if your goal is to just get into the playoffs, then then sign Russell Wilson, and, and, and you could probably make the playoffs. Or is the goal of the Raiders to build a team that wins a Super Bowl? To me, if it is, then you don't go for a high-priced free agent. And don't tell me Russell Wilson's going to play for the minimum. I don't care how much money he's making from Denver. He's not going to play for a minimum. Kirk Cousins, good quarterback, could get you there too. But again, Mo, I think to what you said earlier, if they're going to get a veteran, even if that's who ends up starting, I don't think it's a Russell Wilson or a Kirk Cousins. I don't think so either. Um, Kirk Cousins coming off of a torn Achilles. What is he going to be after coming off that torn Achilles? Are you going to pay him top dollar? Because he's probably going to command the most money it's the top among one the, the impending quarterbacks that yeah. if they hit the market, that's if he doesn't resign with the Vikings. Correct. The other guy I would look at, and there's been a number thrown out there, Baker Mayfield. I advocated for Baker Mayfield last offseason. People call me stupid. Um, <laughs> I'll advocate for him again. Um, the number out there for him is $25 million a year. I know that's kind of steep. To, to some people to to the average person but it's kind of the middle it's the kind of middle ground for the quarterback market because top-notch quarterbacks are make, now making you know 40 million 40 plus million now they're right. saying and, that and, and got, they lucked ahead. out with garoppolo but they gave him basically that right so i i would take baker mayfield at 25 million a year for three years i would do that yeah uh garter Minshew's probably on the lower end if you don't want to pay as much for a mm -hmm. quarterback I would take a look at Gardner Minshew. Again, you're not saying Gardner Minshew is the answer at quarterback, but no. you're you're looking at a veteran who can run the offense steadily and compete with Aiden O'Connell. If Aiden O'Connell can beat that veteran, so be it. If the veteran yeah. wins out, then he's the guy if you don't get your quarterback in the draft. So those are the right. two guys, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, too, I'm looking at. Of course, Jacoby Brissett is also up there. He would be a low-cost veteran insurance quarterback, a bridge gap guy. Now, yeah. if you now Tarek also talked about, and we talked about this, he's a little – Skeptical about trading up for one player in the draft, and I get it. I totally understand it. A lot of other Raider fans have voiced their uh, skepticism about doing that, and their their hesitancy to do that, and I understand. But I've I've repeated this phrase over and over again: "Scared money don't make money. You got to take risk." I've been using you, it all week while you were off. I kept using you get, it. I'm glad I kept you, giving you credit too. I, I'm, I'm glad you kept it alive. But you got to <laughs> take risk. And life and football, oh. if you don't take risks, you'll never reach your highest potential. If you're too Absolutely. scared to make a mistake, if you're too scared to fail, guess what? You're going to stay in mediocrity. You're going to stay on that borderline level of, man, just kind of good, sometimes good, okay. If you want to get to that top level, and I can attest to this in my life, and I know, again, I, I don't play football for my professional life, but I will say this, if I didn't take the risk that I took, Years ago, I wouldn't be on this microphone talking to you all and talking to Scott right now. I'd be somewhere in an office pushing paper on some computer machine <laughs> and not happy with my job. Right. I had to take a risk to get where I had to go. Amen. I think, I'm giving you an amen. And and, and it's the same goes for football, the quarterback position. If yes. you're too scared to pick a bus, don't trade up at all because that's part of the deal when you trade up. You don't know what you're going to get yeah. because that all these guys coming in are unproven. So if you think the guy is your guy, take go get a him. chance. Go, go get, him. get him. And and Mo, listen, you're again, you're talking to a guy and you're listening to a guy here. And this is all well known, of course, because we've talked about it for seven years. This is a guy who grew up a Charger fan. And I gave up on the Chargers 2014. They were leaving San Diego. I was done with being a fan. Right. So then I re-entered back into the media business. 
and I started a Raider show. And I had friends. Are you freaking crazy? You were a charger. What do you, wait, what, what, uh, but I'm in Las Vegas, you know, my, my home. And I started. So a risk. And there were, there were people who knew, unfortunately I had a former friend who was leaking pictures about me from 30 years ago, wearing a charger Jersey. Uh, and there were people who wouldn't listen to me because, oh, I was a charger fan. Okay. But I took the risk. I went on it. Also, just like you're talking about jobs, right? So Tarek, I know this cause you're in business. It's like, you sometimes will get a job. They'll say, Hey, we're going to pay you more money. Um, but you got to do this, right? There's a risk because, uh, the numbers you have to reach are higher, or we're going to pay you less money, but we have to ask you to move it, but we're going to give you more benefits. Or we're going to do this stuff. There's risk with everything to your point about your own career, Mo. And I think that this is what you can't get trapped in. You can't get trapped in what I call no man's land of should I, should I not, should I not? You, you just got to go. You got to go with what you believe. You have data, you have information, you have opinions from your staff. They tell you, this is our guy, or no, we don't like any of these guys. That's what you go with. And so, so yes, you have the risk and the Raiders have been burned. So I understand fans in Raider Nation being really worried about it because of what's happened over the last 20 years, but you can't, you, that's the past. You, you can't go on it. It's a different regime, different people in charge, except for the owner, but you have a new GM who's had a lot of experience you have an inexperienced coach, but he knows what he wants. So I think that that position puts them right in the middle of, if you got your guy, go get him, especially at the most important position in all of sports at the quarterback. So. One more comment about Tarek's voicemail, and I yeah. will say this, and I've also removed myself from this, remove my career, move your career from this, and let's let's keep it to the Raiders for this, for this analogy. Mm -hmm. The Raiders have botched or whiffed on how many first round picks for how many years. So for the people out there who are afraid to give up the farm or trade up for a quarterback because they're afraid it will set them back for five to 10 years, <laughs> the Raiders have been botching first round picks for how long? And they've been a mediocre team, right? right? So just think about it. If you, if you, so what, okay, you trade up for a quarterback, it doesn't work out. You could it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be set back for five, 10 years no. because if that were the case, no. the Raiders would be, a, if that were the case, the Raiders would be a four and 13 team right now, because yes. how many first round picks did not pan out? How many of their first round picks in recent years didn't get a second contract? And the Raiders are still this eight and nine team that's on the cusp of a playoff berth if they get the quarterback position right. Think about the last seven years, only two first round picks have worked out and one might be gone now, which is of course, Josh Jacobs. The other is right. Colton Miller. Right. That's it. And, and and did it set the Raiders back 10 years, Scott? Are the Raiders just four and 13 <laughs> bottom feeding team? No, they've no, been mediocre. No, no. And in fact, again, <laughs> a lot of people, because because he is he is the face of the Raiders right now. Max Crosby was a fourth rounder. It goes to show you that, yeah, you don't want to trade away all your picks and you don't know. Max Crosby is a fourth rounder, too skinny on the bottom, right? I, so I was critical of the pick. I have no problem admitting that. I was like, what? Why are they? But look what he's done, become one of the best in the NFL. So again, it, it, it's the yin and yang of it all. You just don't know, but you got to take, take the chances. You got to take a chance. All right. Our last call is, we saved the best for last year too. It's the longest one too. It's about <laughs> two, two and a half or three minutes long. And that is our good friend, Jacob in Fresno, who also calls in to our good friend Murph's Raider Fan Radio, always entertaining phone calls. So uh, if you have any liquid in your mouth, you might want to swallow now <laughs> before Jacob gets on his roll. Here's Jacob in Fresno. At least. Get. Gilly, 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 
and Mini Mini Midtown Mountain. This is Jacob from Fresno. What's up, guys? Uh, yeah, so I had a question about, you guessed it, <laughs> the quarterback, right? Same thing every week, pretty much, with every single caller, probably. Anywho, we know that Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. He freed up some money. Well, he's not gone technically yet, but he's he's as good as gone. There's a lot of cap that came from there. It seems like we're ready to build a team that's going to go off and do something great. We're primed for that, at least. So what would be better than to have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal with a great stout defense and a good offensive line to be there to protect them, right? As as one Schefter would say, that would be a great deal for the Raiders or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Uh, I didn't have anything planned for the whole Schefter thing. I'm sorry, Scott. I know you were... <laughs> You're looking. You're looking forward to me doing something extra. Uh, maybe in the future, I'll get. I'll. I'll call up Schefter. I'll have him. You know, give you guys a. Give you guys a ring. But um, my whole thinking right now for the draft, I'm hearing everybody say, you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and it's typically in that order. But I, I'm not so sure that it really is because. When I look at those three guys, I'm like, okay, Caleb Williams, he's got a lot of promise. Jaden Daniels, very fast, you know, and a great arm. Both of them are great athletes and great throwers, and we need mobility right now, for sure. We need some midtown mobility. <laughs> yes, right? yes. But uh, when I look at Drake Trade May, him. sure, he's mobile. Sure, he's somewhat athletic, but I don't think – Running quarterback, I don't think – I just – he's not the pick that you want. He's not really ever sought after like these other guys. I don't think Daniels will last to pick three because of that. So I want I, I want to see what a realistic trade up to one would be. Maybe, uh, I don't know, what, three firsts, two twos? That, that hurts to say, but probably what we're going to have to do. Uh, I think we're going to have to do something like that. We're going to have to make a blockbuster trade and hear Schefter make that call of, it's the Raiders picking number one or something like that, right? <laughs> Again, it's not the best. It's not polished today, Scott. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay, Jacob. And even he, he went so long, it cut him off. Uh, Jacob, as always, man, we appreciate that. And it's okay. You, The Schefter, you can reserve it for every once in a while. Uh, brings up a good some good points there, Mo. But I do think I think people sleep on Drake May. He's not the sexy guy everybody's talking about. But you you look at what scouts, especially pro scouts, say about him and his abilities and his maturity level and kind of his football IQ and ability to make decisions. And he's kind of getting lost in that shuffle. I don't necessarily disagree with Jacob that Daniels might pop above him in the draft. Uh, but 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 I like the kid too. I think he's viable, and I think he will go uh, a third out of the quarterbacks. What order we don't know yet, obviously, because like we talked about with the Patriots, maybe trading out of there. I think Drake May is going to be the second quarterback off the board. I, I think the, the the thing with Drake is that he doesn't have the the buzz around his name because let's be honest, Caleb Williams and Jake Daniels both won Heisman. Yeah, 
So that so they're both Heisman winners, and Drake May's team didn't make it to the college football playoffs. That's why you know you hear a lot of talk about Michael Penix, JJ McCarthy, who mm-hmm. won the title with Michigan. So Drake May isn't gonna get the buzz because wasn't in the spotlight for the playoffs, didn't win a Heisman. But I will say that if you if you listen to or read a lot of film guys, draft analysts, draft gurus, I guess you want to call them, he, they're comparing him to Justin Herbert. Yes. Size, stature, and, and just the the look of him, they see a lot of Justin Herbert. Now, I think Drake May makes more spectacular throws, but when it comes to the upside and potential, a lot of people think he, he could be Justin Herbert-esque when yeah. he gets to the league. And I think you need to pay attention to that. Because I, I, I honestly think that if I'm ranking them right now, I'll take a deeper dive into these quarterbacks as we go on. But I think he's going to be the second quarterback of the world because I think the teams are a lot higher on Drake May than the media. Because exactly. let's remember in the media, and we're part of the media, Scott, you know, we like the flashy names. We like the big <laughs> stories. And as I said, it's easier to talk about two four, former Heisman or former and a reigning Heisman uh, winner than it is to talk about a quarterback whose team didn't even make the playoffs. Right. You have to actually go in and look at the film and look at his games and say, okay, this guy has a talent to be a top two pick. And I think yeah. a lot of people are missing that. There are some people coming along on Drake May over the past week. I've seen it. But I, I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be quarterback number two. And and it, arm strength is not everything, but that's where, too, you see a lot of the comparison to Herbert because he can fling – the freaking ball again nobody not a lot of people watching north carolina football okay right but but if you watch him you'll see the similarities there and that's why i mentioned pro scouts even anonymous scouts that are named in some of these stories just talking about how this kid is is you know and again anything can happen but this kid is plug and play is what they're calling him right plug and play get him in there even even though you have the two heisman winners and they have immense talent um, I think that pro teams look at Drake May and say, you know, we could plug him in right away, and and he's probably going to have the most game-ready ability of any of them in that first round. So it'll be interesting. Jacob, as always, my friend, thank you for the entertaining phone call, and we appreciate you guys. Make, make sure you call in for next week's show, 702-900-7869, or mail at silverandblacktoday.com, all found in the description of the podcast or the video below. All right, Mo, we are out of time for this week uh you're back in the swing of things what do you got going this week up on bleacher report or on sports not on sports now i'm going to talk about a little bit of what i talked about today and i'm going to make the case that josh jacobs will be a raider beyond the, the beyond the 2024 season i actually strongly believe he's back and i love i know a lot of people push back on this mm-hmm. a lot of people push back that he would be back last year and wind up on a french a modified franchise tag deal but for the points that I brought up today, I'll flesh those out and explain why I think he'll be a Raider. Uh, not for the, I, I would say for the long term, but for the 2024 season. And uh, no Bleach Report live shows until Monday, the 20, what is that, the mm. 25th or 26th? 25th. Yes. I will have 25th. a Bleach Report live, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, talking about early draft targets. So I'm going to take my first dip mm. into some draft talk and just talk about some possible targets other than the quarterback. Of course, we'll talk quarterbacks because that's the most important position. But we'll talk about some other positions of need, some of the positions we talked about today on this show. All right. So if Josh Jacobs doesn't come back, are you going to eat mint chip ice cream again? Absolutely not. But I will say <laughs> I will say that um, he had another idea of mine, and he got another. He got a better offer. But I, I, 
I think it's I, I think it's 60-40 that he's back. But again, yeah, that, I, I, I don't would know agree. I think it's 50-50. So I'm 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 there with you. I'm just 10% less sure you are. That's it. But I, I am fence. there. I, I think so. I think I think Pierce wants him back. If Pierce goes to the mat and they can work the numbers out, I think he's definitely back. No question. I'm glad you're coming around, Scott. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. Make sure, uh, again, that you check out Mo's work up on sportsnot.com. You also can check out my stuff on there. We're going to get uh, a lot of combine coverage going up on Sports Not, so check that out. I will have a couple of Raider pieces on the combine as well and going to be up in Indianapolis and uh, good to see some folks. Levi from from the show last uh, last time will be up there with the Raiders as well, I think, our good friend Q Meyer. So I'm going to hopefully get to get some of those guys and we'll get some, uh, get some fun going on with uh, Raider media guys. It'll be good. But uh, do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. And uh, put on that auto download. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you again for subscribing and hitting the notifications bell. And that thumbs up is always helpful too. All right. For our producer, Mike Robbie, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today. We will see you guys all on Tuesday. Take care now.